I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf! Barf. I'm Love. so for today. Yay, me too. We're going to talk about Biggs. Biggs Backyard Ultra. Yay. Big Dogs Backyard Ultra. Biggs Ultra. There's literally like 18 incarnations of the hashtag, and I feel like they don't even know what the name of this race is, because every time I Google it, I feel like I see something new. I know. I saw something that was BBY, and I, and I was like... BB, what is BBY? Bibbe? Uh, I was like, Bibbe's, yeah. Bibbe's, Baby's Yard. <laughs> Let's go the Baby's Yard, back ultra. So, however you know it, Biggs uh, is kind of what I've been going by. Another Laz race that happens actually in Laz's daughter's yard, right? Isn't that it's, a- it's his. It's all his it's yard. It's all his yard. Yeah. Okay. But literally in Laz's yard, it's called Big's Backyard Ultra because Big is his pit bull's name. Who is the cutest, sweetest, most scaredest dog ever. Yeah. Spent a full weekend being very nervous. Oh my god. I like held him like a baby and petted his little head and he looked horrified. I was talking to Dobies and he was like, I was like, what's wrong with him? Is he cold? He goes, no, he's just nervous. Yeah. It's It's a long time to be nervous. Very sweet. So before Anne says anything about the course, I would like to tell you that I previewed the course with Anne on Friday night (laughs) when I arrived. And you can rewind or fast forward after this in any direction you like. But the, the forest... We should we should recap the format real quick. So okay, yeah. You, so at the start of every hour, you start a 4.15 mile loop, uh, and for 12 hours, it's on trail on a 4.1 mile loop during the day. And for 12 hours at night, it's on a 4.1 total out and back on the road. The and you road. switch back and forth between the two every 12 hours. So right, you know. So, yeah. So continue. I look, so I walked the trail. It took me an hour and 22 minutes to powerfully walk the trail and I sweat through my jeans doing it. That's true. I also sweat through my jeans. It was a rocky shit mess. Uh like horrible turns, like jaunty little 90 degree angle turns around trees and then you have like a meadow where you're supposed to open it up but it has these weird stumpies, sta- yeah. stumpy stabbies coming out of it. You know what's funny? Anybody that had run Biggs for an extended number of years said that's the best the condition the trail has ever been in. And it was horrible? Uh, it wasn't horrible. And You're so funny. I heard so many people come in and say, you literally could not walk up a hill without sliding back down it. Oh, yeah, because it was muddy come the beginning of the race. Uh, but we're used to mud here, right, Ohio? Mm-hmm. Mud! Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just wanted to say, though I have little perspective on what... It's like to be out in the shit. I saw the trail. It looked horrendous. It was not easy. Yeah. It was not easy. And now I'll turn it over to my friend Annie, who actually (laughs) ran the race. (laughs) So a lot of times when doing a race recap, I talk a lot about, like, the lead up and stuff. This is all going to be all about the race day because race days, because that's the exciting part. Sure. The the format is crazy and awesome. And the people that are running it are crazy and awesome. So... One of the things that I liked, 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 and is both terrifying to me is you're running every loop with the whole group of people, so no one gets ahead and no one gets behind, or people get behind but then they're gone. And so running with the <laughs> likes of Joe Fiji's and Courtney DeWalter and Johan Steen and Guillaume Calmetz and Andy Pearson, these are all people no I know. <laughs> I, I'll say, From these Instagram. are all people I know very well. Through the social, social media. <laughs> uh, Maggie Guterell, another big one. Holy cow. I am a complete fangirl because this is all I do is pour over people's information she and stats and everything. She owns all the baseball cards. And 
it's it was mildly terrifying to talk to people and I spent probably the good better part of four hours just being quiet between being nervous about the race format and my own stuff um, let alone being around you know ultra famous but famous nonetheless yeah, yeah. Um, you know that you are one of them now though oh that's the part that you are having a hard time with. No and one can, can see that I'm grimacing as yeah, hard as a person can, can hear grimace. It that she's grimacing. Ah! But you are legitimately one of these elite racers. This is why you're Remember a that man, part but... while you were there racing with them <laughs> for days? You are one of them. I, I don't want to talk about me in this instance, but just, you know, knowing, like, what these people have accomplished, like, Joe Fiji's having set the record first, the American record for six miles done in six days, and just, I, I mean, just bonkers shit. I'm just staring at your 72-hour first-place trophy. Again, this is why you're my birth and my hype man. Uh, it's just, like, I just would like to point out that sometimes you don't, you can't see your nose from your own face. That, you know, I don't think that this is actually the expression. <laughs> I think that's I just cut like off to, your nose. I'd just like to point out that you cannot see your own eyeballs without a mirror. <laughs> Nailed can't, it. Can't throw away a trash can. <laughs> I, I would just like to say that sometimes you can't see yourself. You're embarrassing me. In your own situation because, and we, t- we have to talk about this because part of what we talk about when we talk about birth barf is that uh, you have to own it. Yeah. You know, you have to own what you're good at. And so I'd just like to say that <clears throat> you're one of those elite racers. Mm-hmm. The okay. end. The end. Uh, so running with everybody was rad. Like I already alluded to, I was very nervous about the race beforehand and at the beginning of the race. Like mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that that's the most nervous you've seen. I've never. A race. I was like, "How you doing, Annie?" At breakfast, and she was like, <laughs> "I was like, I am nervous." Yeah, I'm nervous. I have never seen you like that ever. So we start out on the first loop, and it's again, it's an. It's 4.166 oh, yeah. miles I didn't in get an to hour. ask you. Did you feel like, oh, shit? I felt like, oh, shit. Oh, you Just did. because, uh, n- so, let me back up. So, starting it out, lots of people that have done the race before knew exactly when they needed to be where. Like, literally, I should be at this tree oh, at this mile markers. mark. Mm-hmm. Or at this time mark, I should be here at this minute mark. And I obviously didn't have any of that, nor did I want to trust anybody else's minutes because it was mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know how fast or slow I should be going. Mm-hmm. And was behind or with a group of people and come around 48 minutes when you have, let me think about this, like maybe 0.4 miles left or something like that. I would just, I just got like really antsy. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I know everybody's going a fine pace. I was like, but I need to pass you because I need... On the first loop? Yeah, because I was like, I need to get this done. Like, I need to get it done to have an idea that this is safe. Like, So you bolted. I didn't bolt, but I did just pass and then went a little bit faster. And there was a lot of people that uh, had a a harder time doing some of the the Technical. technical rocky parts. Because of our trails here in Ohio, that's something I'm very, very comfortable with. I'm very, very comfortable with mud and rocks, so I felt like I could go faster on the sections that were technical, and I wanted more time mm-hmm. uh, going up uphill sections. Mm-hmm. Um, so I passed and came in, I don't know, the first loop I think I came in at like 53 minutes maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, nothing crazy, um, and it felt good to just be like, okay, I did not miss <laughs> miss it on the first hour sure. because I think that's what I was worried that's a scary about is feeling. between either like doing math wrong and being like, oh, oh no, 
I and you wouldn't minutes. have been alone no. if you had been somebody who didn't make the first Yeah, game. And, you know, people were talking on the trail like, you know, oh, people don't, like, start missing cutoffs this early, do they? And people were like, no. And then, you know, people fell out a couple loops later. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it was good It was good to just be paying attention. And if I were to do it again, I would still pick still up the pace that. around 48 minutes just to knock it out and have it done. But I think, I like I said, I went at least four or five hours before I was like, okay, I'm not going to end up doing six miles today or eight miles today yeah. and then stopping for one reason or another. Sure. Um, I had just a little bit of quad pain before the the race that was really stri- stressing me out. Um, I don't... Uh, my success or failure at this event had nothing to do with it, but mentally it was a lot of weight on me. Um, but I was worried that it was going to get worse, like in the beginning of the race. But luckily, it's something that feels better as I warm up. So we'll address this more later. Sure. So did the first four or five hours and got to a point where I thought, okay, good. I'm not gonna shit the bed really fast today. Good. 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 <laughs> and. Lauren and Andy were my crew people, uh, which I, I would love for you to touch on your awakening into crewing a timed event. I would never <laughs> like to recommend it to anyone that I, that I like. <laughs> um, I had to do a big training run, but managed to make it back for three of those loops to see you. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I did. Uh, okay. I... So I had asked her to stay for the first two loops again that. before to make sure that I didn't fuck something up real yep. hard in the first two loops. Yep. And, then, and then I think I even said to you, you can go now or it's yep. okay now. Yep. But I, I ran my own four mile loop all day. <laughs> like, did you just do the road out and back all day? Uh, no, I did, I did a loop that went, oh, to okay. the, went to the maiden road, but the same, same distance as your loop. Yeah. And okay. then I had found a little spur for speed work. Um, so I had to do a 50k, but I managed to make it back for three of the interloopal periods that you were there, and then had some Starbucks and some dinner and got back to crewing. And each time it was funny, I was literally asking each time I saw you in between loops if you were done, because I had no concept of, of time. time, and yeah. you were like, no, I'm not no, done. No, I have gotten 11 miles done, you ass clown, <laughs> thanks a lot for asking. But you did get a 50k PR, did you not? Or like a 50k my, training PR. So apparently it's my... Strava will, now that I don't pay for Strava anymore, it won't tell me what my previous records were. It just oh. tells me what my bronze medal is. Oh, gotcha. So it's my third fastest 50K ever. That's awesome. So the Huff and then Mystery 50K. Mystery 50K. Which I cannot imagine what that would have been. It might have been like within another race. Sure, but I don't know what. I don't know what that could possibly be. I don't know. Outrun? What, okay, yes. So Outrun, probably my second. And so this is my third fastest 50K. Congrats. Thank you. Um, but yes, crewing a race like this was a weird time. During the day, it was a hoot because I feel like people got a little bit drunky and I got a little bit slap happy and then like the dick and fart jokes started ripping and I was just like... It's not a bad thing when the dick and fart jokes come out in the middle of the first day. It was great. Uh, oh, let me just say that coming back after my 50k, I did a major Walmart run and was like, I will build a hut. I am going to build the most beautiful tent of all time. So came back with tarps and zip ties, and me, Andy, Scott Breeden, and our friend Jerry, who we called Alan for 24 hours, um, built this... Sorry, Jerry Palmer. Sorry, Jerry Palmer. (laughs) Built this sweet-ass tent with a see-through door that Andy used a drop cloth to 
I mean, it was it's just an like... engineering marvel. It was like... It was Pam Sweet. Spoiler alert, it would go on to house Courtney DeWalter and Maggie Guterl for their entire rest of their races. It's pretty tight. I feel I feel special that I built something that all of these great runners got to And then in. we also duplicated it for Guillaume oh, and yeah. Johan. Yeah, it was sweet. Uh, it was a little bit like being a refugee, but... Or like Jesus. It's more like Jesus. How you, so? You, you housed and fed everyone. Oh, yeah. It was super fun because Scott Breeden had bought a $5 cast iron skillet at Walmart and so I made pierogies and pancakes and handed them out to all of the runners at like 1am as they came in through the interlupal and they were like oh thank you so much I was like have another yeah but I felt like I had like a babushka I had my (laughs) I had my like rag tied over my head because my head was cold and I walked around with a hot mitt Sounds, carrying a cast iron. very Russian. It's very Russian. And I was you like, want pierogi? Please, please eat my pierogi. It's cold in your... Put it hot in your face. Careful. Keep the bells away. Keep the bells away from the pierogies. They're still your pierogies. It was, it was fun. It was mostly fun. So, yeah. Uh, so, the daytime on the trail, I ended up doing... 55 minute loops for the most part, mm-hmm. which is faster than my normal paces. And but it was it was a good time spot for me because then I got five minutes to sit in camp and get food or whatever. Um, Just looking effortless all day, frankly. Yeah. Just in a really good mood, um, coming through consistent uh, with like knowing what she wanted, being on time, like. Uh, Pit crew just like zoom 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 yeah. lipstick chel lipstick chapstick on your face. Here, put yep. your sleep stick on. <laughs> uh, you make you feel better. Put the sleep stick on. <laughs> lipstick. <laughs> I would like to start calling sleeping bags sleep dicks from now on. Make a note of it. We put her in the sleeping bag later, but I did not call it the sleep dick. Get her the sleep dick. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So super consistent and like the. We were feeling really proud of ourselves being in the pit crew, and at some point towards the evening, she was texting us what the needs were, which was really helpful because we could fish them out of all these dirty, dark boxes in the middle of the night and, like, have it all set up on top of a box ready to go. And during the day, I was asking on pretty much each loop, I would ask Andy and or Lauren to rub this part or rub this part, and little did they know, I was actually just doing the race in order to get mini massages for the entire time. It was great! Everybody who's never heard of anything like this has asked me, like, does she get massages while she goes? And I was like, funny you should ask. Yes. Yes, and then I showed them a picture of, like, Andy palpitating your hip crease, and they're like, that's exactly what I thought it would look like. Yep, and had a zero-gravity chair, which, if you don't know, are those chairs that, like, go back to a full recline chair that are a folding chair. It was rad. I oh, feel, good. I feel like good. this is just how ultras should be done. You should lay completely down yeah. while people massage you, lube yeah. you, put new socks and shoes uh, on you, yeah. and while you nap with Bose headphones yeah, it's on. Also, should how you should just do your life. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but I had learned when I did the three-day across the years... I learned to get your feet up and be vertical as much as possible because that whole, like, I always call it the blood bag sensation when you feel like your shoes and your feet skin are going to explode yeah. because your feet are so swollen. Gross. Um, I found that it helped a lot to just get your feet up or to be vertical. Good. So, uh, but yeah, the trail loops were fun, albeit they were a little stressful because it was like, huh, it takes a little bit, it takes a little bit to make the time. It wasn't like... You know, you had to, like, sprint or anything, but it was, like, there was a few stretches where you're, like, 
I would kind of rather walk right now mm-hmm. for no apparent reason, really, just that I'd rather walk mm-hmm. and I need to keep running. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was great to finally calm down and talk to people out on the trail and uh, just had a lot of great conversations with people who had done bigs before or this was also their first year, people that had run Barkley before. Uh, That's when I first started talking to Marcy Beard, who I just have a ton of respect for even before the event because she had uh, like four of the top ten women's Mm -hmm. mileage ever at this event. Mm -hmm. And I... She mentioned that she keeps coming back to Biggs even though she doesn't really like repeating events because she feels like she has more to do at Biggs. Like, she feels like she can improve. Hmm. And she reached her mileage PR this this year. Which is what? Uh, I think 124. Wow. And so she does... She does have more to do, you know. Apparently. So she keeps coming back and doing better, which is awesome. And just she had a lot of great words of advice, like oh, good. the last loop, the last loop on the trail. Bef- so when so the last loop on the trail, the twelfth the twelfth hour which sounds weird to say, but the twelfth hour it starts to get dark around the middle. And she said, she said, make sure that you are. Uh, paying attention, don't get caught up talking to other people, and you will have to push a little bit more than you have all day. And it was kind of like, well, that when, doesn't seem wait, valid. Wait, when? Oh, in the 12th hour? Yeah, and it was, it was like, why, did that, why does that make sense? And so it definitely ended up being the case because I oh. heard from several people that were like, all of a sudden I was like behind my time or I was like hitting my milestones at different times and I was pushing to go a little bit harder and I was hitting like my normal time. So I think just that transition to nighttime and maybe being a little subconsciously a little bit slower or Mm -hmm. being a little bit cautious or being people were excited to get to the road so I think maybe there's like some sense of like a celebratory sense Mm -hmm. you know where maybe you weren't paying attention as much but I found that to be super super helpful um before on that last loop it's Hmm. just to pay attention good thanks for thanks for her yeah heck yeah thanks Marcy thanks for lots of good advice the whole time Marcy um it was funny to hear people, there were some people that were on the trail that were like, I cannot wait to get to the road. Cause you know, it's a, you know, Laz does a really great job of curating his events. And up until this last year, Biggs was, I think first come first served. It wasn't a lottery or anything like wow. that. This year was the first time that he has picked Be- because who, last picked year to his end. Yeah. They shattered the mileage yes. and people were like, what yep. is this race? Yeah. And he always does a good job of curating the event so that there are people of all different sorts of and varieties. Yes. Um, and it, so, you know, it's road people, it's multi-day people, it's trail people, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's everybody in between. Um, people that haven't run 100 miles before, sure. like just sure. everything. Um, so it was interesting to like, you know, see people's different strengths and tactics mm-hmm. on trail versus road and vice versa. Um, and uh, so we make the change to road. Oh, another good piece of advice from Marcy was don't change into your road shoes until after you've done a road loop because you come in on that 12th hour for your trail loop. You, you have, have like very four limited minutes left. Uh, that makes sense. And so you don't want to rush changing into your shoes. Just go do a loop on the road. Now and I then get when why. You, and then when you have like 10 minutes, then you can change into Got your it. shoes. Now I get it. Yeah, now I get it. Even though I'm sure while I was asking you, you were like, why? Yes, we were like, shoes. why? We were yeah. like, why? Mm-hmm. Um, and it totally made sense because the whole, 
it's like one of the main goals of the race is to stay chill and calm and mm -hmm. low stress, mm -hmm. and that's one way to do it. So we changed to the road. It's now dark, and I, I did a couple hours in a pair of New Balance Vongos, which felt harder than I had expected after being in the Speed Goats all day, and so eventually changed into the Hoka. I always want to say, I never can say the the name of the hokas I wear correctly. It, it always ends up sounding like Giardia. <laughs> it's like it's like Giovanni or Girardia. I don't so even know what the hell. I, the, I won't I was fuck the, with the hoka. So I was in the hoka uh, Giardias <laughs> in wide. Oh, yeah. Still on trust. Yeah. Um, and the road loops were different. Um, so it's Bound. Yeah, so it's it's just a two whatever mile out and back. And I know it it's well. Relatively, it's relatively flat. It is like any other. It's only 150 feet. The last of gain point for the four miles thing. are a, are a pretty rough incline. Sure, and I was gonna say it's like any other timed loop where it doesn't matter how small the incline is or how tiny this the is hill not is. small. By the time you get to having done it a few times, a, you know, a bump in the road is like, there are mountains here. I am I mean, climbing a mountain. I feel like when you're coming back and you make the final right turn, in my mind, the rest of that is uphill. Like, in my mind, I was thinking this whole thing is a hill. The final left turn. Right. Left. Like so if you go out on the road and then you come back around to go towards the finish, you would be taking a right turn at the dead end. And then the trail bends on a left to take... to the trail, the road. Or the road. The road then takes a left. That is, like, the part that you do an out and back on before you hit back to the trail. We're not understanding each other, so we're going to move on. We should just high-five. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's out there screaming, like, It's straight the whole time! Yeah, right, right, right. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure. Um, but, so the night loop uh, is... Flat-ish, and especially, so the trail loop is 450 feet of gain for four miles. The road is 150, 120, something like that. It's definitely not flat, so it's, you know, it's not. you don't get to go to the road and then just shuffle along completely poker flat. Um, but it was also pretty cool because it is an outback, so you get to see everyone, you know, coming mm -hmm. or going. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the other part that was weird, though, is it was almost a full moon, so oh, yeah. we started out with most people having headlamps, and then probably, I don't know, maybe three hours in, most people did not have headlamps. Whoa, spooky and so, fun. Because there was so much moonlight, yeah. you didn't need them. That sounds romantic. And, like, it, it would have been romantic, you know, minus the chafed vagina and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> so we would be going out and back, and, like, there were a couple bends in the road where you could see... The front runners, um, although I use that term loosely since nobody's a front runner till the end, you'd see the people that were at the front of the pack like turning the corner, but since they didn't have headlamps, they look like grayish blobs mm -hmm. against black, which mm -hmm. was really neat. And like sometimes on the turnaround, um, the people in the front were taking the center line in order to get up the camber, and like you literally could not see them until they were like. On the you. wind was touching yeah, you. Or, and like, or sometimes you, you'd see them on the other side of the road and you'd be like, wait a second, they've been the third or fourth person coming back. Like, I definitely passed people already that I did not see. Yeah, that's which weird. Was weird, weird feeling. but awesome. Um, and every loop that people come back into camp, even though people are already kind of sleep deprived and weird, 
Laz is yelling, congratulations, you're in first place. <laughs> all day. All it never gets old. Day. All Same day. Same jokes all day. Uh, and another thing worth mentioning about getting out to the road is this is when it got really cold. Oh, my God. It was. So, she still ran on a t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. But so it, like, was, it was 31 and windy. Very, High winds. Very windy. Um, so I was very thankful that I'm, like, the world's hottest runner. Thank God. Um, and even with that, like, being, like, warming up at the beginning of each loop, it was almost comedic, and it was, it was like, an, it was, like, one of those things of, like, shared trauma with the whole group, is as the hour would start, everybody would just, like, shuffle out, like, uh, 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 yeah. uh, 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 because between the miles, and honestly, like, looking at how people started later on subsequent nights, mm-hmm. I do feel like the cold played more of a more of a factor than anything for people starting really rough. Because like, Annie was, like, violently shaking she was so cold. Yeah. Like, if we couldn't get her in the penis sack. <laughs> in the, in the sl- sleep penis? In the sleep dick. Sleep if dick. If we couldn't get her in the sleep dick, <laughs> then she was, like, vibrating yeah. with cold. And that brings me to a lesson learned. So I was doing the road laps in... 51, 50, 51 minutes, and that was pretty comfortable, but it left me with 10 minutes in camp, which I was so stoked about because I would just be like, I cannot wait to get back and just, like, sit down or be in my sleeping bag or, you know, uh, I ended up taking, like, three naps, which was great because one of my superpowers is passing out of sleep. It's amazing. Um, she was gone. And I legitimately got, I would say, I would say probably at least 20 plus minutes of oh, sleep. Yeah. Um, which was just awesome. Again, this is how I feel like I should be doing all ultras, not just this kind of format. And, but it occurred to me afterwards, like, I should have taken a little bit longer on the road loops because when I was in the tent, even though we had this rad enclosure with a space heater, I, after like six minutes or so, I cooled off enough that I started shivering. Yeah, like, Even cold. when I was under two sleeping bags. Yeah. And it was kind of like, why am I, like, hurrying up afterwards? It was like, why did I have that pace to come back with 10 minutes left if I would have taken four or five more minutes on the loop than you when I, I would have stayed warm? Did you, like, you did you think about that as a tactic later on? Uh, after Like, after the event was over. Oh, okay. Um, and also just, you know, as things came up later, I was like, huh, I wonder if that would have gone differently if I would have just slowed down. The, and again, not the naps I, are going to be important at some point. Yeah. Um, but I spent... Uh, I did most of my loops, I would say power walking, like, uh, 40% of it, and then running 60% of it. I don't know how you still manage 1150s with that, because I ran that road. anyone who saw me walking on that road, and they tell you how I did it. Unbelievable. Uh, walking fast is definitely one of my skill sets, and, like, um, I... That I felt really comfortable doing that. Although Andy brought up a good point later. He's like, did you train to power walk for 30 miles on the road? And I was like, no. Or 20 miles, however that math works out. I was like, no. He's like, yeah, so that could have made something not feel great. Which, um, regardless of the walking on the road part, it occurred to me again afterwards where you're like, oh yeah, duh. Like, I've never run 50 miles on the road. Yeah. Ever. Yes, you have. Ginger Miss 2017. Yes, but that was different pace, and, like, also I did have some different textures where I was, like, 
doing grass and like like crushed. still yeah um but it was I would say a much different experience. Yes, much, much, much faster. By yeah. like two or three minutes per mile yeah. faster. But yeah, so 50 miles on the road, it, it just was Whew. one of those things where I was like, oh yeah, next time I will I will train, do more long runs on the road or find a way to have that experience because it, it was also crazy too because as, as uh, time-wise more difficult the trail loop was than the road loop, the road loop is where everybody had their ouchies come up. Like, even the top people towards the very end of the race, like, that's when people's knees and hips mm-hmm. and stuff started to get really crunchy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, but, you know, for the majority of the night, the night loops, I had a good, I still you were continued in good to have a good spirits. time. You were you, she knew what she wanted coming in every time. It was amazing. Then, with three loops to go, you came in for the first time a little sad baggie. Yeah. And you said, I have to let you know, I'm really shoving this down. Yeah. And then you came in with two to go, and you were like, one more. And we haven't even discussed this yet. But with two to go, you were like, I think I'm going to be out in one loop. And then we were like, that would be one loop short of 100. And I was like, Annie, you have two. It's 4.40 yeah. a.m. And I have it's to give myself credit. Yeah, and I have to give myself credit because I did not break apart. So at across no, the, not at across all. the years, I thought I had... Uh, like two miles left. And you had five towards miles left. And I have five miles left and I spent three miles crying. <laughs> and this, I was just kind of like, you know, I, my, one of my strategies for bigs was I'm going to stay within the hour that I'm in. Like it's always, it's just yeah. going to be about doing one hour at a time. And, uh, because of that, and I think it still worked out great. I really never knew what time it was. I never really knew what oh. hour we were on. So oh. like when you guys were like, oh, it's two loops left instead of one. I was like, okay. Yeah, no, it did not break you. And this is not a criticism of you. I'm saying oh, yeah. out of 24 oh, loops, yeah. you had one sad one is yes. what I was saying. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, and I, you even said that because I had, and I think it was a little bit before the last two, I had my sad loop where I was just like, meh, I feel sad. And then by the time I came in for the next loop, I was like, it's gone. It's gone. And then it's you're gone. like, just think that's the, you've had one, one sad bad loop. loop. Like, that's it. So I turned it around mentally, which I was really proud of. And then, uh... On my 23rd loop, yeah, 23rd loop, 22nd loop, um, I had to, I ended up power walking two whole hours on the road, and because my knee just... Wouldn't bend. It just wouldn't, well, to be fair, it would bend. I could not lift my leg because of pain in my knee, um, or it would cause such bad pain in my knee. And it just, like, mechanically stopped working. Yeah. Like, you know, moving things through pain is different than, like, it. I can, I can try and lift it, but yeah. it will go nowhere. Move your big toe. Um, exactly. And I, so I did the two loops power walking and was, like, dreading, like, I don't know how I'm going to get back to the, get back to the trail when I can't get my leg to lift. And it was just really ouchy and... Uh, again, because the road fucked me up. I can't imagine. And uh, Andy did some, like, PT magic, duct tape mm-hmm. me together with KT tape. We did some, like, hip reset stuff. And I was really trying to get my brain to just, like, run on fumes to give me, like, one more. Because I, you know, we're coming in on 100 miles. And for context, Outrun 24, the race that at least one of us ends up doing each year... 
uh, a lot of people stop when they hit their goals. So whether it's 50K, 100K, or 100 miles, a lot of people end up stopping, and then it's like, oh, well, if I would have just done one more mile, like... I would have gotten third you know, place. Yeah, I would have gotten third place, or I would have won your the whole brain, thing. But your brain tells your governor yeah. that, you're, that you have nothing left. That you are done. And mm -hmm. if you guys remember when we had the conversation with uh, Ryan Gelfie about uh, goals for Biggs and Tunnel Hill, one of the things I talked about is not really solidly committing to any one thing because I didn't want my brain to be like, oh, you've done, did it. Right. Shut it down. Shut it down. Right. Um, but I thought like, okay, I really want to get past 100 miles. I'm just going to, I'm going to do a trail loop. I will do a trail loop. I will do a trail loop. And as I started to like get closer on that, the end of the 100 mile mark, I was like, I can't lift my leg. Like, I don't see how this is going to work. And was just like pretty resigned, but I was like, I will stand in the crowd. Like I will get up in the crowd for the 25th hour. And you know, Andy's like working on my body and trying to get things to go. And again, I'm just like, you know, come on, brain. Like yeah. the brain is a powerful thing. Like yeah. you know, you can trash my body. Just drag me through the woods for yeah. one more hour. And so I was like, okay, maybe like you know, maybe I'll get up in the crowd and like maybe a bunch of people will have stopped because it's 100 miles and like that'll buoy nope. me. Nope. Uh, yeah, so I get up Spoiler alert, the, no. So I get into the crowd thinking, like, I mean, legitimately, I thought, like, a handful of people probably came here to do 100 miles, and again... One person stopped. Because of the quality of the group that last curated, there was still, I think, 32 people, 31 or 32 people in. No one... I mean, like, there, there was no mass exodus for 100 miles. We were and shocked. so, I know, it we was crazy. Shocked. It was one of those things where you're just kind of like, oh, every everybody's got their game face on. It was, I mean, it was both horrifying and awesome at the it same time. It was horrifying. Time. We, we were like, <laughs> I was looking at Scott Breeden, and we were like, just count, count those people. And we were counting them as they were turning left onto the road, and I was like, there's still over 30 people out there. Which is bonkers. What the fuck? So, again, to give contact, context, last year, just last year, 20 people made it to the night loop. Ha! Huh. Oh, 20 people made it 12 hours in? 20 people made it 12 hours in. Wow. So, 20, there, at, come the 50-mile mark last year, there was 20 people. The 50-mile mark. <laughs> this year, 30-plus people made it 100-plus miles. Bonkers. That's really crazy. Bonkers and awesome. It just gets harder every year, man. So we set out on the 25th loop, and it's a short road out and back before you go to the trail loop, and the road out and back is a pretty steep decline, and I started to go down the decline, and, when, and just like, I mean, I kind of had to keep from like yelling out in pain, and I was like, I, I, I said, I'm going to pull off here, and like literally just like a runaway truck on a ramp off the oh, side, and like no. came back up, and I mean, it was just a couple minutes. Um, I think Andy tried to physically block my way, yeah. which was, I, I love him very much for that. Um, because, and it gets me back for screaming no at him when he stopped at Biggs uh, last year. So I went to the timing tent and turned in my tent, and, or turned in my chip, and Mike Melton said, Not the sentimental favorite, yeah. number one in our hearts. Don't worry, I was already crying by then. Number one, uh, I heard number I really, one hearts. I really tried not, I was just very disappointed. Like, 100 miles was the bare minimum that I wanted to do, and so I was kind of disappointed. I was not kind of, I was very disappointed by that and was crying really hard um, and, like, Oh, just like a pitiful bag of sad. And I just said, in response, I said, I can't. 
<laughs> and was done. Yeah. Um, so I ended with 100 miles. Um, I'm not... I'm not by any means uh, not proud of the 100 miles mm-hmm. I did. I just mm-hmm. wish I would have done more. And, you know, there's lots of good things. And, you know, uh, I did not... I don't have a lot of regrets because I didn't feel like, oh, I should have known better. It was more like, I didn't know. And I know yeah, this for next time. Like, know. I learned a ton, like, through my own experience, through talking to other people. And it was just... It was very eye-opening, even having crewed, you know, Andy last year and having watched the whole event last year, it still was like, wow, there's so much to learn. Like, mm-hmm. it could go slower on the road loops and, like, mm-hmm. you know, different shoes or changing my clothes more often. Like, you know, just, and lots of things that came up uh, or that I considered, like, hey, these weren't a problem for me because I stopped at 100 miles, but had I gone further, mm-hmm. they would have been. Like, sure. I didn't change my clothes because I was comfortable in the clothes I was in, but I ended up yes, having, like, ch- I know, but, like, oh. my shoes. Shorts. I stained my oh, shorts yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Um, so things like, oh, I had chafe marks around the bands Ooh. of my shorts and stuff because I started like rubbing my butt tips off again because yeah. it was just like salty. Yeah. Um, just things like that and, you know, mentally thinking about, somebody told me, uh, it was actually Ben Yancey and I think somebody else had given him this piece of advice where he was talking about, you know, if you plan to finish a loop in like, 5730 or I think he may have even said 5830 you know mm-hmm. with like a minute and a half mm-hmm. left if you come in with two minutes left you're like yay I have two whole minutes he's like but if you've been doing loops in like 55 uh, and then all of a sudden you have a loop that you do 57 it's like oh no I'm slowing down like time's starting to slip out of my hand and, then and that's panic totally valid because I ended up doing the first couple road loops at like or the first couple trail loops in 54 55 and then was just like okay well this is what I'm gonna keep doing and did the first couple road loops in like 51 minutes and was like oh I'm gonna keep doing but, this but that we were concerned that that was fast yeah but it didn't feel but it's one of those things where it's like this feels okay and it's like no you should you should essentially do it the slowest that you can Although Laz made a good point, he said it's not about who can run the slowest pace, it's who can run their most comfortable p- yes. pace consistently. Yes. So, you know, just evaluating that as you go along and being comfortable with thinking or doing like, I was doing 53, maybe I should do 55, and being comfortable to kind of play around with that a little bit and then dial it in if you want to. Um, oh, I'd like to say big ups to Ben Yancey for an incredible performance Hell yeah! Tons of, of integrity and dignity, and just like grinding away at a major PR. It was awesome. It was uh, glorious to watch. I would just like. To and say. I hope he doesn't mind us sharing the story. He's talked about having done bigs in the past and wanting to just make it to the nighttime so that he can get soup from his wife <laughs> Susan. And I love. I told him I love the mental image of it so much. And you pass his house on the road loop mm-hmm. and so sometimes I would see Susan's minivan coming out and I'd be like Ben's getting a soup and like so I, I must have screamed soup loop at him <laughs> like at least 10 loops it, I was like soup loop I was like so like my spirit was like buoyed on his behalf because I was like soup loop and I was just imagining like Ben with his cup of soup and I was like it's happening it's happening, it's happening. soup PRs are it's, happening man and this race is all about like those tiny events and like the big thing so yeah. like so you know now that we've talked about like my race experience um like there's this whole other piece because the race continued on for another 178 miles um 
Also want to point out something that I think is hilarious uh, that I think um, Andy Pearson pointed out, or at least first time I noticed it or heard it, was that our ultra sign-up percentages would all go to shit because mm-hmm. ultra sign-up is based on your miles as a percentage of the wi- the winning miles. <laughs> so, yep. like, so you I, got like 32%. Barely. You yeah. got 32%. Yeah. 32%. And 40 to 1 gets 100. Mm-hmm. So that, Hilarious! It's, it's pretty ouchy. It's horribly hilarious. It. Well, I mean, what does it even mean? I, it you know? doesn't. I like to keep a relatively low ultra sign up to be a dark horse yeah, yeah. because I feel like we both have that X factor. Yeah, where yeah. Like, we trained more. Yeah, than you. for sure. And it just it cracks me up. And so a couple of things too, where there are a few races you can do a hundred miles hat and then be like, it doesn't mean anything, you know. And it really was. Very you few. know, that was one of those things where it was like. You know, I won't say I was embarrassed to tell people I did 100 miles, but people were like, how did you do it? And I was like, I just did 100 miles. Oh, just. And I I meant it. It wasn't like when somebody asked you if you're going, how long your run is, and you're like, it's just 20 today. It was truly like, I just did 100. Right. I understand that in relativity to the situation, that's what you actually mean. I would like to say suggested reading for this, uh, suggested listening for this podcast would be to, and I would never say this any other time, but listen to Joe Rogan's interview with Courtney DeWalter, which is quite long and quite comprehensive, to get a full picture of how uh, just totally humble and kind of like uncomplicated her running perspective is. It's just like, I eat tacos, I drink beer, I like Cheerios and candy, I like to run the end i mean it's not like super di- like i get super dialed in on like my race strategies bro which is like what everyone fucking loves to say she's just like I hey that's me man <laughs> <laughs> um but she's just got a really straightforward perspective on it and also she tells a great story about the one minute nap at moab um and so i highly suggest that you uh do that go back and listen to that um to get some perspective on her performance and and what and how that sort of uh, speaks to what kind of runner she is. Yeah, and probably Courtney DeWalter on pretty much any podcast. I think she was on uh, URP Ultra Running podcast as well, talking about running with a Timex on her training run. I like to listen to people who don't know anything about ultra running interview people ah. who run because they ask like those questions that you want someone to ask you to coffee gotcha. shop, you know? Yeah. Like what what like he at some point Joe Rogan's like, what is technical trail like? I would prefer to listen to somebody who's never heard of traveling. Got it. That makes yeah. sense. That it's makes fun. sense. Um, so getting to watch the subsequent miles after I finished was so awesome. Like, we, I got to watch the full event last year with Guillaume and Harvey fighting to the death um, and getting to 200 and, what was the last year? 246 miles? 245, yeah. Almost 246 miles for Guillaume um, for winning the event. Um, And this year was no different from, like, an endurance endurance fest. Um, But the dynamics were completely different. So the fact that there was five people for a really long time. Really amazing. And three for a super long time. And three for a really long time. And, like, I've determined that in order to do well at this race, you have to just be the nicest, kindest people on the planet. Because everybody in the, like, top, I mean, like, anybody that did well are just people who are super kind and just super 
just super kind, they nice joking. person. They were like, joking with each other about, you know, trying like pretending to get into each other's heads and stuff. Though. Yeah. They were saying some catty stuff. Also, yeah, yeah. Oh, not that they're not a, competitors. So I just made a gif of uh, Courtney coming to the starting corral and Guillaume realizes that he's standing in her spot <laughs> and he moves out and she's like kind of like pats him like, yes, thank you. You know that this is where I go. <laughs> I love awesome. it. And everybody's style being so different. So, but there was a couple like, I mean, just bonker things that you only get to see by being there and not necessarily through Facebook updates. So like, Courtney would get into the corral, like, at least a minute and a half and just stand and wait in the corral. Oh, that's what she was doing towards the end? Like, the whole time. A minute and a half? Yes. Plus. So, like, everybody else would wait until, like, the... Oh, before the bells. Yeah, yeah. So it was part of her strategy to say, I'm here, I'm ready. Yeah, I heard somebody... uh, I heard somebody say, do you think she's trying to send a message? And they were like, she definitely is. And I mean, just... And it, oh, and you're cute. You need time to get yourself all situated? Yeah. I'm ready to race. Yeah, and she would have loops where she was, like, just standing up talking to her crew. Like, it was amazing. And her her timing, like, all day was nonstop. Somebody went out on one of the last trail loops at one of the places where the trail splits to do a lollipop. And they had also been out there for, like, one of the first five loops. And they said, you know, the first time we went out there and watched, do you know what time she came through? 17 minutes. Do you know what time she just got to that split on that loop just then? 17 17. minutes. Yeah. It's insane. She's a workhorse, The consistency was insane. And she was... Uh, she was smiling most of the time. Like, just her gait didn't change much. Oh, also, if you were following live you would notice that the top person was the fastest average split person. The fastest fastest average loop would be sitting in the top spot. Sure. It wasn't just the number of, like, obviously, number yeah. of miles. Um, and when Guillaume dropped, Courtney was the fastest runner. Yeah. Which blew me away. Uh, it stat, was... You could really geek on stats on this race. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I know I had a shot on my Facebook page, but I'll say it again. Mike Melton is the best timer, yeah. like, in the whole world. Because it's almost silly. If you, watch the, if you watch the live tracking, it really scratched an itch because it was updated as soon as they crossed that it map. Was so you could really watch everybody every single hour. Uh, and we did, those of us who actually went home to go to sleep. Uh, sleep? What sleep? Yeah, right? We actually... I. My my husband got really sick of him coming back into the room, and I'm like, two hundred, and he's like, I I don't ca- I don't care, <laughs> and then at, at like two fifty, I think I was like laying in bed, and I was talking to him, and I was like, make them stop, I need them to stop, like I have worms crawling through my legs thinking about them running. I want them to stop so bad. <laughs> you are your mother's daughter a little bit. I didn't even consider that. Really? Yeah. I just don't want them to hurt anymore. If it's you like would've... empathic. It's not like I'm worried about them. It's like, oh my God, I hurt thinking about you. Hurting. You know what's funny though? I, I was telling somebody too at the race, you know, somebody makes a joke every Olympic year about how they should put normal people in the Olympics as a gauge to show like how hard it yeah. is. And I was like, you know, it's really good that... Laz includes normal people in bigs mm-hmm. because otherwise you would have no idea it was as hard as it was. Mm-hmm. Watching people towards the end because until they were done and stopped, 
you couldn't tell like what was going on with people. It like, just looks like a normal St. Patrick's Day 5K yeah. every hour for four days. Yes, yeah. and like you would see a little bit of crunchiness as they weren't. No one they looked started the loop, but no, no, no one, one looked, looked pitiful or weird. No one had like the creepy eyes. No, the hydrogen psychosis. It was nuts. It was like it was so bizarre to watch, especially the last. I would say the last five people. It was like what. Why are you guys okay like, and, right and now? And you couldn't, you almost couldn't, like, it, unless you sought that out, you didn't have a gauge of how many miles they'd gone because mm-hmm. it was like, you all look fine. Yeah. You look fine. Yeah, why do like, you look so normal? Fine. Um, yeah, and I mean, Sandra was videoing many of the final loops. And yeah. so we were watching what they looked like consistently on Facebook. I mean, there's a lot of coverage of this race, yes, including there is. the Ginger Runner, Ginger Runner live on Monday night at 9 p.m., he attempted to interview Maggie Guterall, and then Guillaume basically took over for yes. the rest of the podcast. <laughs> and, I, you know, we've talked a bit about, like, Courtney's performance. Johan, Johan was consistent, where, like, he may not have been as lively as I saw him last year. Mm-hmm. He was consistent. He's a like, runner, yeah. And he also is one of those other people that has the superhero power of being able to go to sleep. Uh, he ended up adopting Andy Pearson from Guillaume as a crew person after Guillaume was mm. done. And I think at one time after the end of a loop, Johan was snoring in like less than two minutes. Yeah, I heard he just laid down and put a blanket over him. Yeah. Also suggested reading is uh, Dirt Magazine from April of 27, or yeah, no, April of this year. Um, Andy Pearson wrote an article about crewing, about running and crewing bigs. Yeah. It's very good. Take a look at it. He's a great writer. Um, so Johan had a really good performance to watch. Gavin Woody, if you didn't know Gavin Woody before, Little you should Little diesel engine. Hell yes. So Gavin has a lot of his own history, as do all of these people's race resumes are bonkers. Yeah. Um, he's done uh, the spine and a lot of self-supported, uh, like, he, he had never had run a race with a crew before, so he was like, this is really a luxury to have a crew. Have a crew. Um, he also didn't know he got in until two weeks before the event. I did hear that. Um, and he just uh, he just crushed it. I mean, he was, uh, you know, Courtney uh, had probably the most animated affect the whole time. Johan was she very consistent. She smiled like it was a technique. Gavin, however, was, I think, the last person that I heard quipping with Laz, like, on each one of the starts. Wow. So, like, he lasted the... And he, <laughs> I was talking to him the next morning after the whole thing was done, and he was like, yeah, I just thought I wanted to make it a little fun, you know? <laughs> Just thinking like Make it fun. I, I appreciate you wanting to be an entertaining people. for my for my uh, benefit. Make it um, fun. But yeah, so Andy and I got to stay and watch a, a lot of the event um, and decided to go to a hotel to sleep a little bit on the third night because it legitimately seemed like it would go until the next morning. So we had to call we just had to call it after a while to be like because Another thing, we had planned on heading out on Monday at 10 a.m. and did not leave until Tuesday around 10 a.m. because it's like gambling. You're like, is this the hour? Just a little more. Yeah, just a little more. Just a little more. Just one more dollar. One more. One more dollar. So you're like, oh, is this the loop that something happens? You guys are like ridiculous. I was like, like, did you leave yet? And they're like, no, no, not yet. It's impossible to leave because you honestly don't know, like, is somebody going to win in the next four hours? Is, you know, are a bunch of people going to drop out now? Is everybody going to still be in this 24 hours from now? So we left Monday night because we were like, it really seems like everybody's going to go till tomorrow morning. 
You left Monday night? We we left to get some sleep for a couple hours oh, Monday you night. you went back. I was going to say, no, you didn't. Y'all yeah. are crazy. And so I woke up, like, before I had set an alarm at, like, 5.15, and I was like, it's over. We had missed, like, th- the last three hours. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we missed the last three hours, but it was okay. Like, I didn't feel, like, super tore up because I was like, well, you know, it's we got to see a bunch of it. Yeah. Um, but Johan ended up winning the event. There were, There was, like... There was nobody to be sad about for winning this event. Like, because everybody has, like, their rad fucking story. Like, Courtney, you know, being female and having one Bigfoot and everything else crazy. Winning Western States. Uh, just uh, all this crazy stuff. Bigfoot? Moab? Tahoe 200. I don't think that's right. I'm going to fact check. I would bet some doll hairs on it. Um, Yeah. A lot of extremely incredible performances. Yeah, and uh, Johan is another one. Again, they all have their great stories. Um, Johan, actually, if you have heard... So, four years, 2014 Bigs, there was two individuals that went to 200-plus miles, and they had to stop because (sighs) Johan needed to catch his flight. So, they basically shook hands and no one won. Yes, so Johan and Jeremy... Uh, made it 200 plus miles and there was no winner that year and so Johan has his like storied history with bigs too so it was like you know obviously it makes a big difference to each individual but it was like there are no there are no bad there is like there's no one you're not pulling for here and like even with Gavin it's like you know he's kind of an underdog yeah because oh yeah people weren't really didn't know him and I think Laz even put in one of his posts like I have not been talking about Gavin and I should have been yeah um uh, there was a pretty strong international contingency at this piece. I met someone from Scotland, I met someone from Ireland, I met someone from England. Uh, I didn't formally meet the French people, but I think we had a bit of a hard time communicating with them, and also I think they were really struggling because it was so bloody cold, and they were just wearing down jackets and had nothing to protect themselves against the wind, which was Guillaume's, I think, mother and brother? Man, yes. your your family's hard AF. Yeah. They just sat there in the wind all night long. I was like, I was really hoping that someone like that Sandra would be like, come inside. And she was asleep. Yeah, Noelle is a hard ass. That's she Gil's is. Mom. Like, she's she amazing. Was, yeah, she obviously has a lot of practice at that. Um, uh, also, lots of entertainment from uh, the cheerleaders, which was uh, Laz's two daughters and Gia Gina Fioroni. Uh, who were just basically taunting people over the course of four days. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of one of them. Uh, P-A-I-N, it's Laz's fault, this pain you're in. And then towards the end when it was just Gina, she said L-A-M-E, it's hard to rhyme when it's just me. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty really good. good. Really, really good. good. She was really bringing it. Uh, so yeah, so the race ended with Johan getting 283 miles. Courtney ended up with 279. Gavin ended up with 270. Did you look up Courtney? I think it wasn't. I did. Pretty, it's it Tahoe 200. I know. Isn't it? I know. Ultra sign up is not being nice. Oh, okay. Are there other things that you want to cover? Uh, I'm, there's like a ton. There's just there's like a ton of stuff. I feel like I can never cover everything that that came up. It's definitely something that impacted me a lot. I will absolutely be trying to get in next year again. Um, I will be um, racing a. Really important 5K. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, I have to wash my hair that day. I have to wash my hair for three days. Because uh-huh. even if I ran a 5K, I could probably still make it down in time to crew for several days. Moab. She won Moab. Yeah. 240. And she... 
she also she got oh, she second. Ta- top she got female. second. Got it. Yes. But first female at Tahoe. And also set the old or beat the By old course 14, record. 15 yeah. hours. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I've been, I you've been running and crew and standing around at a race. I've been just mad geeking out at home like. On Monday night, I had Ginger Runner up on my phone. I was reading the Bigs article in Dirt Dirt Rag Ma- or Dirt whatever magazine. Dirt, Dirt Rag magazine. Dirt Rag is a mountain bike. Oh, magazine. gotcha. I didn't just make that Sorry, up like a sleep dish. Shit. Um, <laughs> and just like eating peanut butter with like compression sleeves on, and one dog on each side of me, just like running, just really nerding out pretty hard. Oh man, I just love I just love this event. I just love it so much. The weird ass format. It's yeah. really cool to see people go until their brains break. I don't really like it. <laughs> You're right. I'm fully embracing the Kathy Craft in me at this moment because I it does get me to maybe that outrun moment where my mom was like, Please stop because I feel like that. I feel like please don't don't do that anymore. <laughs> please stop doing that. Well, you, don't, you don't like it when people run until their brains or their bodies break? No. I, also, it did remind me once again, like, crewing hard towards the end of the nighttime was like, it really is like being a medic tent in World War II, where you're like, <laughs> you're like bandaging people's feet. And like, people are screaming. Yeah, there's like, people are screaming, there's like a, a small propane heater on, and there's like a stove going, and I feel like I should have been wearing like a little white nurse's cap, and like running around in this little tent. Like an episode of MASH, for sure. It, it absolutely feels like that, but it also reminded me of the time that we accrued Not Your Mamas at night, where I'm just like, these runners look like cancer patients. Yeah. All the color has drained from their face. They're a little bit sweaty. They have a weird glisten. They look yeah. like they've been... They've aged like eight years. They've aged like eight years. Like people age in an ultra. I mean, The obviously. light has gone out of their eyes. Yeah. Yeah, there's something like that, that kind of haunts me about the ultra process where you like see your friends and strangers become cancer patients. This is why it's easier to be a runner than it is to crew. It is it difficult feel to like crew. I feel like it is it is more difficult to crew to try and know the thing that you need to do when you need to do it to manage yourself in addition to trying to like be in your runner's body for them yeah. to help them along. And but it's when, a horror show. I you, have to say, it's a fucking horror show. I I've, I feel like I've seen worse carnage at other things. Yeah, you were totally put together and so is everybody else. But like, there is just this element of like, of you feel like you're emergency caring for a very sick person. But how is that different than crewing normally? No, it's the same. All ultras are a horror show. <laughs> they are a cancer horror show. Yeah. You don't <laughs> you don't care about that sentiment no, at no, all. No, I don't. Um no empathy, stone cold heart. I I don't know. I just hate it. There's something about it that like kind of like uh flips my stomach a little bit. You're being a pussy today. Mm, I must be. I don't know what it is. It doesn't mean I don't want people to do it. Oh, I know. I want people to run crazy miles. I feel like miles. usually you don't care. I wonder that what... people are... No, no, it is always... It bugged me the first time that we crewed that crazy guy at, 100, at Not Your Mama's 100, who I think was doing the 100K, who was like... Needed someone to like lube his butt for him. He looked like it totally insane. And he like he's the I guy who was like my left thumb. He like had no backpack on and he was like drinking out of a Mountain Dew bottle. Yeah, with basketball oh, yeah, yeah. shorts and on. He was very, probably very drunk. He was also drunk. Yeah, but he finished 100k. This <laughs> is how we do things in Chillicothe. Appar- hey y'all, come on down. Um, but just like thinking, like looking at that guy's face and just feeling like this. 
This is bad for humans. <laughs> Not good for humans. Uh, she says as she's getting ready to do Tunnel Hill and, in a couple weeks. And I feel totally confident that unless something fucking blows up, I'll be able to hold it together. Like, I feel like I... I feel like I ran Ozarks with a lot of dignity, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I had had that skill before. I think the less people that are around me and the less, like, people know what I'm doing, the more dignity I can maintain. Yeah. And so I feel like I only ever want just Anne to crew me, and I don't ever <laughs> want Pacers again for the rest of my life. Because to me, it just takes so much away from me to, like, I'm, I'm like, well, I'm supposed to be sad now, so I'm sad. Yeah. You know? And if... I don't know. If I run in a vacuum, I feel like I can do really well. So I go back and forth between those things of, like, uh, stuffing it down. So uh, my experience has been one of, a key experience when it comes to emotions during ultras that shape me is getting to the end of Burning River and with about, like, six miles to go, I think, something like that, six or seven miles to go, I was just, like, openly weeping and was just like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired. And my brain just completely broke. Mm-hmm. And it was then that I learned that opening the valve Doesn't help. does not make it evaporate, at least for me, and to punch it down really hard into a teeny tiny box and look yeah. at the top actually yeah. ends up being a better strategy. Like For me, that's also true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also had times, like, at across the years, I did a lot of Facebook uh, live videos, <laughs> essentially to keep myself entertained, and there was one, there was one that I did where I felt like I was, trash in, bag. I, was, I felt like I was at my lowest point, and that I seemed totally pitiful, and like, I was not moving well. Like, just, you thought you looked like you were dying. Yes, I thought, like, you know, this is me at my lowest and most exposed and vulnerable, I'm and I totally looked, wrong. And I looked back at it, and one... I didn't look that upset, Not and all. I was wearing, like, a trash bag poncho because it was raining, so I just had this, like, silly, like, flopping in the wind. black plastic hood, and I looked at it, and I literally was laughing because it, it looked absurd, so now anytime I think about, like, I must be the saddest that I've mm. ever been, I'm like, you d- you don't look sad. I'm sure you don't look sad right now, and it's it feels raw inside, but if mm-hmm. you punch it down into that tiny mm-hmm. box... And just think about how absurd this is, like, when taken out of your own experience, it it, it just helps to make it a thing that you move fast. For me, this just brings up this feeling of, like, really deeply wanting something to be horribly, visibly wrong with me. Like, I, when <laughs> I feel that, I just... To the hospital. Not even hospital. No. no not, not, not even... It's, it's similar to that, but it's not like I need to go to the hospital, but I just want someone to be like, oh, God. Like, I think this comes from, like, insecure, like, Lauren that didn't want to be in gym class, that wanted an excuse or for, like, people to feel bad for me or think, like, oh, she really can't, so don't ask her to, you know? Because I was never physical growing up, and I was never sports person growing up, so I just wanted people to be like, oh, that's Lauren, she can't. (laughs) She can't do that. Like, do you ever feel like those two things balance in you are just nuts? Like, the fact that you are this hard-ass endurance athlete between ultras and your mountain biking experience and everything, and still being this yeah. drama high school like yeah, literally I'm still like drama a fifth club grader. high school nerd yeah. it's like I, I just I, I want I, someone to look at me and be like oh god her eye came out like that's what I want it to be like her bone is showing oh god someone get her like when I don't feel good in a race I desperately like I've been in mountain bike races before and I've heard other people say this where especially when you get into the higher categories and you have to race longer than anyone else and when you're the slowest fast person you're the, la- the last to come in 
You know what I mean? You're the yes. last on the day. Yeah. And I've heard other people, ra- other mountain bike racers say, like, I was hoping to, like, flat terribly and then go flying and then break bones. And I absolutely have been there, like, I might purposefully break my arm so that I don't have to race this race yeah. anymore. Like I, I do kind of get, so for me, the angle's a little bit different where I've thought, like, if something terrible happens... That's the thing that stops me. And there but is, that's different. Yes, that's you saying, different. I will go until the thing stops me. Like, <laughs> I'm out here until my fucking legs break. And I'm like, I hope my legs break. <laughs> Please, God, yeah. let my legs Please. break. Are you there, God? You break there. my legs. Yeah. Yes. Thank I'm you. I'm like, tr- like a widow maker should just come and knock me out cold. What were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> oh, sad bag crying. Yes. Trash bag crying. Yes, trash bag crying. Um... Yeah. Uh, you're never as bad as you think you are. No, you're not. Um, so, yeah, I will do bigs again. I will have another, a different person, probably crew me. Um, <laughs> Mine will be in Tahiti. <laughs> uh, also, there's lots of people that are either running or crewing for other people, and then they end up uh, crewing for someone else. Um, I totally absorbed Gina Fiorini's crew advice to Fioroni. Fioroni. Damn it, we just Sorry. talked about this. I wanted to be sure we got it right. Gina, I know what your last name is. I know who you are. She said everybody gets it wrong. It doesn't matter. I still want to be right. We care. Fioroni. We care. I totally absorbed Gina's, like, crew advice to Derek, her runner, because his tent was right next to mm-hmm. us. So, like, you know, she would be, like, hyping him up and being like, I there is it. no decision to make. Get out there on that loop. And I'm like, I will! She was one of the most epic hype men I've ever heard. And it's, like, it would fluctuate from, like, tough guy to, like, mother of a kindergartner. Like, yes. look how good you did out there. <laughs> like, she employed every tactic. And I was, I was, like, you know, four inches away from his face, but there was a tarp between us. And I was just, like, tr- dr- I was dying laughing, trying not to, like, explode to, like, because he doesn't think it's silly. He right. thinks it's the end of the world. Yeah. And I know what it's like to feel like it's the end of the yeah. world. But she was just, like, like, there is no try. You must go. Like, you promised yourself you would. You have to stay good to your promise. And he would be, like, okay. I know. She makes me feel like we need to take our crewing to like, a, new, a level. new level. Which is, like. I, like, she'd be taking notes yes, while she's talking. Like, n- not, like, uh, taking the drama, but just taking the intensity up. Yeah. Like, you know, instead of being, like. Overtake! Yeah. Instead of being, like, oh, is this a time that they want us to be, like, serious and hardcore or, like, yeah. silly and just being the extreme version of whatever that is. I really low-keyed it with you because you said no highs and no lows. Yes. And that totally so, served me. Okay. Because I wasn't. I only was going to do a pump-up loop when you finished 100, but then I didn't get to do that. Oh, yeah, so I had done, so I had forewarned Andy and Lauren, like, I really want to get out for loop, you know, the 25th hour. Uh, So with one loop left, I was like, you know, get ready for some, like, pump-up music, you know, for this next loop. And Lauren has got pump-up music, and she's starting to dance, and I'm like, I'm crying, and I don't want to go because I hurt real bad. like serious face Andy's in like body work mode trying to get my body adjusted and stuff and meanwhile there's just this whole soundtrack in the <laughs> I back I do my hammer check my nails baby how you feeling feeling good as hell except I'm, not except for your like deadpan like, when I'm just like oh come on come on come I know on, come that on. was, was definitely an awkward moment no, it was for great. me it was great though okay, it was great good. um so uh man there's just like so many tidbits and like people that I want to give shout outs to oh, Alicia Rich congratulations yes, on getting her excellent very work. first 100 miler and uh, she did 104 she, she shared uh she shared tents she shared tents with us and 
she picked a really hard fucking format to get her first hundo yeah. uh, plus. So congrats, Alicia, and I can't wait for us to cross paths again. Um, had a super time crewing with your fiance, who yes. is the funniest man alive. Yeah. God, we had a blast with him. Just everybody in camp. I mean, like I said, Marcy had so much good information, like talking. You know, every, it's so awesome because the top finishers you know, they end up hanging around for the whole time. So just getting to talk to Gavin and getting to talk to Guillaume and like, oh, I didn't even talk about, so like standing next to Guillaume, like after, uh, so he had to stop way earlier than I know he expected to. He was like, he was like making like, I, I don't know what else to say, but like whimpering noises, wanting <gasps> to go out with, with like the next loop. So there was no like, oh man, this has really been bothering me and now I'm done and I'm, you know, ready to be done. He was like, he was like ready to go back out. Oh. So like, talk about like the heart of a champion, like oh. to go oh, way over 200 miles and still be like, I am raring to go. I thought he made one, 183. No, I think Maggie made 183. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm going crazy. Yeah, um, and that's another thing. So uh, when I went out for hour 25, there were still eight females. Uh, Marcy Beard ended up getting one third. Yeah, to Courtney DeWalter and Maggie Goodrell. Maggie Goodrell, amazing. Like, yeah. just, amazing. you know, being able to see, like, the top pack of people and having women so yeah, represented there. Yeah, women really like, tough It was awesome. And, you know, when it came down to it, and I don't know how well this will be received, but this is how I think about it. Like, in the end, when it came down to Courtney and Johan, like, Courtney's brain broke. Just I didn't like even any, hear why she stopped. Just like anyone else's. I think... Um, somebody had told me they overheard her in her tent, like she decided to be done. And so it was not like she had a womanly body and it broke down. No. It wasn't that she couldn't do the pace. It was just that her brain was done. Yeah. Just like everybody else who stopped. They at yeah. some point got to a point where they were like, I need to stop now. And, and what Johan wrote was so heartbreaking. Oh, it was like, oh. he went out on the last loop and he expected to feel triumph, but all he felt was em- oh. empathy. I, I... It was, I, I actually wanted to read that verbatim, so I'm going to do it. Because yeah, I think it's worth it. it. It really damn near moved me to tears. And again, just kind of validates the, the idea of there were no bad people to yeah. win. Yeah, um, And, you know, for those people who are really hungry for content, there is, there is a ton uh, on Facebook, which is great. So, uh, so this is what Johan said via Laz. Um, he had said, Johan Steen said, if there had been a pre-de- predestined finish line at Big's Backyard, my money would have been on Courtney to win. She would beat me at any such race and distance. But at the backyard, you draw your own lines. As long as there are at least two remaining, there is a feeling of purpose that this painful game has a meaning. That illusion disappears in a blink when only one remains. The actual winning needs to be the sole focus if that is what you're after. That focus was feeding me and let me put all other things aside. At the moment when Courtney congratulated me and remained in the corral as I jogged away alone into the Tennessee night, I didn't feel joy. I felt empty and without purpose. You cannot carry the illusion by yourself. It takes at least two to play. Thanks, Courtney DeWalter, for taking us this far. We are good at playing this game. Wow. Yeah, oh, really beautifully so written. So good. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, Hell of a race. I'm going to be Completely thinking, unlike anything else. I know. I'm going to be thinking about this forever, um, and especially until next year. So I want to take a few minutes to segue into the next grand advent- adventure, which is... 
Tunnel Hill is coming up in a couple weeks. It's hard to it's hard to feel like it's a grand adventure when it's a a, a really simple race uh, compared to this one. Yes, but it is a different. I feel like we should know at this point that there are no easy ultras, just no. different flavors. Yeah. So this is just a different flavor. It's a different flavor. Um. So that's coming up. I will be crewing you solo. It's gonna be rad. Like uh, her the geek sheet, which you know, we can go into geek sheets at another time. The fact that it said we'll be fueled by three gallons of Starbucks. There, I was like, oh man. <laughs> I was like, oh. I'm like doing a little shimmy. I was like, this is why I'm crewing. Like. I, I, I honestly was, I was thinking like, it's going to be great to watch Lauren Chase's kind of big, hairy, audacious goal and drink Starbucks. Yeah, I basically wrote the geek, geek sheet as though we were speaking to one another. Yes. Like, I just, you know, wrote like, you know, the spaghetti that no one's going to uh-huh. eat. We'll yep. Maybe listen to uh-huh. that. We're going to alternate stops between Starbucks and Panera. Yes. yes. Everything, yes. everything is there good. There will be a vacation of some kind. Uh, so well, hopefully we'll get a chance to do a pre-Tunnel Hill episode, but if not, we'll definitely recap it. Um, but that is Tunnel Hill is coming up on November tenth. Tenth. So just a I'm ready. Weeks. I'm ready as long as my I got some bad. I got a little bit of hip, ouchy, and glute stabby. The thing that I have learned though on my 50k speed work run is that it doesn't get worse. Cool. So uh, I think it's a manageable level of stabby, and and also. That faster feels better, which is hard. Woo! It's hard because Gelpie's not listening to this. No, he knows. He knows that faster feels better. But the problem is, like, I don't know what we're gonna do about strides, but there are no walking breaks. I'm just supposed to run the race without any walking breaks. Walking breaks. Just supposed to run this race. No walking breaks. Gonna melt off my face. No walking breaks. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did not rehearse that. Uh, so, yeah, so more to come about Tunnel Hill. Yeah. Super stoked about that. Yeah, me too. Uh, if you have not subscribed or liked us on Facebook or given us a rating on podcast, on podcast, rating on podcast. It's called, the application is okay. called podcast. You if, can say on podcast. You can race. <laughs> you can race us as fast as you like. Come race on us podcast. on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do a sleep This is what I tell you. I haven't slept since Biggs in six days. No, that that's sense. not true. I fell asleep on the couch at seven thirty last night. Anyways, rate us on pod. On pod. Rate us on the race of the Man, podcast. I wish I was in a sleep dick right now. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. Yes, rate, review, like us, do all that good shit. Share us with your friends. Please, whatever. Please um, do. You know, I feel like we have a small but fierce following. I would love to. Yeah. Go to medium and just as fierce following so and thanks for everyone who came out and said hello to us new friends that we met at the trail running film festival here at studio 35 it was awesome it was really great to see people and then hear some feedback about the actual podcast yeah we do know that we had some technical difficulties with our uh live cast with uh not live cast but recorded cast with ryan gelfie we'll keep working on that so that we can keep bringing you guests remotely and uh all kinds of good stuff so more to come and Thanks for joining us. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye.